Welcome to the Purposeful Planning Podcast, where you'll gain tangible, practical suggestions to help you transform and elevate your practice. Our content is for both seasoned professionals working with complex family systems and those just entering the field. These podcasts will also be valuable for family leaders who are dedicated to helping individual family members find their pathway to flourishing lives and strengthening the relational fabric of the family. Welcome and thank you for joining us. And now your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Purposeful Planning Podcast. I'm Deborah Goldstein, founder of Enlightened Philanthropy, and I also serve as co-dean of philanthropy for the Purposeful Planning Institute. I'm so excited to welcome today Janelle Turner of Phyla Engaged Giving. Thank you for being here to talk about philanthropy is a team sport. It is a pleasure to be here, and I really appreciate the invitation, Deborah. I look forward to our conversation. I do as well. Can you just give us a brief um, introduction to yourself and and your purposeful journey to this work? Certainly. I am a senior philanthropic advisor with Phyla Engaged Giving, and we are a Seattle-based philanthropic advisory. We also have offices in Chicago and serve the Midwest. And I am going on three years with this um, incredible firm. It's been an interesting journey. I've uh, spent about 15 years in the nonprofit sector, uh, building legacy giving programs as a planned giving um, expert and also um, endowment building uh, was one of my specialties as well. So it was really lovely to just make the transition to advising a few years ago and a natural progression. So delighted to be here and have really enjoyed getting to know the PPI community and uh, it's just a wealth of information and and connection. It is. We're glad to have you as part of the community too. Thank you for being here. So um, I wanted to start this conversation with maybe some baseline setting of sort of um, what, what is it that um, donors and clients are seeking that they're not necessarily getting from the financial planners um, on their team or other advisors on their team. I feel like there's, I've been seeing some reports um, lately. And um, so, so maybe you can kind of set the, set the baseline for where we are today. Sure, that's a great place to start. And and I would even, if it's okay with you, zoom out even a little bit further sure. and talk about the field in general. Not all philanthropic advisories are equal and we all kind of do different things. And so I think it's important to maybe do a little bit of level setting around that. Sure. But, but within the field, you might find a boutique philanthropy firms like ours. We consider ourselves generalists. So um, we work with individuals and, and families and organizations kind of at a high level on the upstream work, we call it. So the values, vision, um, getting that strategy set up, which involves a lot of family dynamics work. Are we helping people come together in these spaces to have efficient, um, joyful even conversations with each other? Um, then you might find independent advisors, one or two people that you know work in a smaller setting and maybe have a focus on a particular area, whether it's 
you know, women and girls in philanthropy or giving through a social justice lens or climate justice, et cetera. Then you have those institutional advisors who might be more involved on the advocacy work or resource development. They serve both philanthropies and philanthropists. Um, full service philanthropic advisories and all the way up to community foundations. So it's just a, a breadth of um, uh, services available within the, the sector. And it's really up to, um, you know, it, 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 in order to assess what an individual or family really needs, it really requires a conversation, a deep conversation around where they are. Right. We may work with individuals who are new to philanthropy. They're just getting started. They're new to wealth. They have no idea where to start or they're unfulfilled in their giving and looking for, you know, what's next. Or maybe it's even a 20 year old family foundation that um, has a, a patriarch that's that's, you know, looking for a, a meaningful succession plan and a way to. Um, integrate new voices into the process. So there's the rising generation. How do you bring those voices in again in a joyful way? So there's this whole spectrum of, you know, advisors and ways to support the work. And uh, it, the, the idea is to really tailor the need to where the family is at. And you do that through deep discussion and discovery. That's so great. Thank you so much for that overview, overview because I think that really highlights that um, and something we'll get we'll get into more um, into the second conversation in this series is like how do you choose the right philanthropy advisor to work with because there are things to to take into consideration here yeah. so what is it that um, I mean you've you've kind of touched on this a little bit in that overview of things that a family or or an individual might be seeking that they're they're not able to get from um, other advisors on their team, and that's why a philanthropy advisor makes sense to bring in. Are there other things that that you're hearing from donors um, or families that they're not able to get from other advisors, and that's why they're seeking outside support? Sure. When you think about kind of the spectrum of work that I just explained from, you know, the deep um, family dynamics work, um, facilitating values conversations, you know, assessing what are your individual values? Uh, what are your collective values as a family? Now let's think about the purpose of the charitable entity you're trying to create and the mission and vision and all of the work that goes into putting together a really solid grant making structure, that is a lot of work <laughs> and can take yes, yes. Um, quite a bit of time and effort and financial advisors, you know, their, their job, they have a very specific focus and depending on the type of institution that they're with, it might be, you know, a large bank like a you know, a Chase or Northern Trust or someone that has, or some entity that has um, the capacity to provide those kinds of advisory services from within. Mm -hmm. um, and then you might have smaller institutions, RIAs that may not provide that kind of support within the organization and they're looking to augment their capacity. Um, for example, we are a um, preferred provider for Fidelity currently. So Fidelity Charitable, 
um, the largest charity in the country. And they, you know, obviously invest for, for their clients and hold donor advice funds. And there's so much they can do before it becomes a deeper conversation around, okay, we think we need more work for you. As a firm of six individuals, we typically handle around uh, a dozen to two dozen clients at a time. And so we do that real deep dive work. It can take six to nine to 12 months and beyond if a family would like to work with us longer to really go through that discovery process and draw out what it is the family cares about. And often that work can be an entree into a deeper conversation around you know, financial wealth planning, legacy planning. Um, and, you know, it's not always a straight line either, right? So a, a family could be far along and have a, a, a very solid financial wealth plan, legacy plan, and decide they need to back up a little bit and redo some work. Maybe someone has unfortunately passed away, or maybe, um, you know, their new new family members to integrate into the process and consider their their thoughts and ideas. And so there's, you know, families and individuals all along the spectrum who have things to consider and work into a new plan. So um, obviously, again, just to specifically answer your question, the idea is to partner with financial advisors in structuring Absolutely. these plans so that we're taking that holistic approach and not just considering the financial assets, but as Jay Hughes talks about, and I, I so love his position on the multiple types of capital. It's not just the financial capital, but the spiritual capital, the intellectual capital, the human capital. And there's all of these ways to engage a family around these conversations as you put together a philanthropic plan and financial advisors may not always have the capacity to handle all of that or or the expertise um you know to to support it yes good points good points there and i love that bringing in all these different types of capital that jhus refers to yes. um do you ever hear objections about um why advisors are hesitant to bring in a philanthropy advisor you know, I, I haven't really heard of many um, objections. Um, well, I've heard one. I'll get to that in a second. I'll, okay. I'll say the positive side is that oftentimes we're finding that it's a question around how to bring up the topic. Mm, right? Your yes. role as a financial advisor is to help steward the wealth of the family, increase their wealth, and um, it's a different type of conversation. So if the family isn't bringing up philanthropy, then how can you, as a financial advisor, you know, it, not everybody is comfortable, not all financial advisors are comfortable in bringing up the topic and saying, hey, have you thought about philanthropy? Because I realize, you know, you don't have any heirs and you don't have any charitable beneficiaries named in your estate. So maybe this could be a conversation. Um, and so we often work with advisors and I, and I visit with advisors and their teams and their offices to kind of talk through what does it look like to insert these conversations um, into client conversations? What do you have to listen for? What's the follow on question? How does the introduction happen? And it, it really is, um, you know, uh, no one size does not fit all. And it requires a, 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 a careful and thoughtful conversation. Um, I have heard hesitation from some financial advisors around, you know, is that really my responsibility? Um, mm -hmm. You know, 
is it my role to be the one to mention philanthropy? Shouldn't I wait for the client to bring up that idea? So that that would probably be the only real hesitation I've heard. But other than that, it's a matter of how do I, you know, what's happening in the sector? These are obviously people who, um, you know, have been doing their work for for decades and years and have certifications and gone to school and done all of these things. And now I'm supposed to bring up this topic of philanthropy that might be outside of my realm of expertise. And what kind of position does that that put me in to to um, propose this this conversation? And so our goal is to provide advisors with enough information to feel comfortable to raise it and to know when to hand it off and where to hand it off to. Sure, sure. And we'll get to that last point in a minute. Um, one of the one of the other things that I think um, that I've heard, and, and maybe it's outdated, but um, is that sometimes there is a, um, if a financial advisor's, um, you know, income is based on assets under management, then it feels like a bit of a conflict of interest to be suggesting that your client send money out into the world <laughs> rather than having it sit in, um, you know, in investments. So um, any comment on that? Well, that that is one way to think about it. And it is a legitimate question or concern, but I would flip that and propose the idea around, you know, the generational generational wealth transfer that um, is being, you know, talked about widely in various industries. Um, depending on what source you go to, it could be, you know, eighty-one trillion dollars by twenty sixty, with twelve trillion expected to go to charity. And um, so, if you think about all of that opportunity in supporting. Um, you know, the, the transfer of that wealth from, you know, the one generation to the next and the opportunity there is, not all advisors are currently working with the rising generations within a family. So while you may have an assets under management now, think about those assets transferring to another family member. And what if that family member does not have a, or already has a financial or, you know, advisory team in place, could there be an opportunity there to maybe engage the family around a deeper conversation? Maybe it is philanthropy and establish that rapport and relationship so that now you are a part of that wealth transfer and managing those assets that are being handed down to another generation. So I think it's just depends on how you think about it. Um, and then of course, you know, there are firms that, you know, the, the idea is to provide a, a, a certain client experience, firms that manage donor advised funds and want to engage their clients around, you know, what is happening within their lives in the community and, and take, you know, they're they're taking a more holistic approach to the topic. So um I would say advisors are maybe beginning to think beyond just assets under management, but how to deepen relationships with their clients and provide a more holistic service. That's so great. Thank you for that really important reframe on the way to look at that. Um, I always, I always thought that point of view was very short-sighted uh, <laughs> myself. So I appreciate how you how you've illustrated that, um, and 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 that points to really the benefit of a financial advisor bringing in um, a philanthropy advisor to the team. Are there other ways that um, we might complement their work with their clients? 
Um, you know, um, we are, uh, no two client engagements are alike for us. Within our practice, we uh, customize every experience. So it really just depends on what the advisor is looking for, what the family is looking for. Sometimes it'll be the family that introduces their advisor and says, hey, I'd love to have this conversation in a more holistic way. And sometimes it's the advisor that says, hey, I know that my client needs this support and can we have a conversation together or will you speak with them, think about what this could be, and then we'll work together on a path forward. So there's no, no two situations are, are alike technically, and we kind of adapt our approach to fit the, the needs of, of that individual or family. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um, you've talked, you've, you've highlighted some of the points at which um, you would bring in a philanthropy advisor, um, sort of when you're, you know, maybe when there's a wealth event, maybe when there's a, like an inheritance or a business sale, are there others, um, other points at which it really makes sense for an advisor, um, excuse me, a financial advisor to bring in philanthropy advisors? Sure. I, I mentioned uh, entities that hold DAF funds and help clients manage their, you know, philanthropic assets in that way. Um, not all firms have the capacity to be as proactive as maybe their clients have capacity for. And so often, and we've all heard about this, there's billions and billions of dollars sitting in donor advised funds. And it's not because people don't care, but sometimes it's just because they don't know how to give. They don't have a structure or a strategy in place. And so they need a little bit of help, a little nudge to say, hey, here is the landscape of what's happening within the charitable sector. Here are all the needs within your community. Here's how you could have impact and address the things that you truly care about. And sometimes it just takes that little push to get folks to open up and think about what they really have capacity to do. So sometimes we we, we do have clients that approach us and say, I have this big donor advice on and I have no idea what to do. How do I manage this? And how do I bring others into this conversation? so that I can enjoy, you know, advising with the people I care about. Another reason people might reach out for support is, is again, they're, they're looking for um, ways to bring rising generations into the conversation. So how do you do that? How do I pass along my values uh, to loved ones and leave a meaningful legacy? And so, um, you know, nav navigating that conversation requires some some finesse and and a delicate approach. When we do that, we'll bring everyone together and start with a little bit of level setting. It's a matter of, you know, some group agreements. How do I want to be treated in this space, and how do I anticipate treating others so that regardless of what generation or your positionality within the family, everybody is kind of starting at the same point, and they, you know, their voices are being honored and they have a say in the process. So um, that's some of where our most joyful work is, in my opinion. It's seeing the family come together, and we're providing that facilitation and opening their minds up to, to different ideas about themselves and the world. You know, how often are you asked, what are your values? <laughs> you know, you really have to, <laughs> uh, what is your legacy? Like, these are big questions that allow folks time to just really pause and think through um, their lives and where they want to be. Yes, yes. Um, I certainly 
know that I always feel good when somebody pauses and is like, wow, you really asked the tough questions. And it was like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. You know, that's what, that's what our work entails. And I think you've done a beautiful job of, um, of explaining that not only the knowledge, but the skills that it takes to have some of these larger, deeper conversations, especially when it involves um, generations of a family. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and what would you say in terms of um, any changes in the field related to the acceptance, involvement, use of, um, of philanthropy advisors and bringing them into the, into the team? Um, you know, one, one thing, the first thing that comes to mind is, and, you know, we met each other in person at the conference recently, and um, one of my favorite um, breakouts was uh, facilitated by James Grumman, Dennis Jeff, and Kristen Keffler on Wealth 3.0. And it was just such a powerful message, and I sat with that and thought about how much that message aligns with what's happening in philanthropy in terms of how we're thinking about our work how we're coming together in a more positive sort of strengths-based way and bringing families into deeper conversations and learning journeys. So not as, not only as advisors are we on kind of a different learning journey right now, but we're bringing our clients and, and, you know, these folks along with us. Um, so I, I think that there are a lot of parallels between uh, what was presented in that, um, in that breakout. And if folks want to know more, you have to read the book, Well 3.0, The Future of Family Wealth Advising, shameless plug, but I've been <laughs> fabulous. But I think there's a lot of similarities there in terms of this more holistic um, approach that um, is, you know, strengths-based and positive. That's so good to hear. That's so good to hear and encouraging because I know um, when I got started in this field, there was there were a lot of silos. And so as much as we can break those down and continue to have this be a holistic um, endeavor and team sport, um, the better. Um, we're almost out of time here, Janelle. I've loved our conversation. Is there anything that you want to bring up that, that we didn't touch on during our time? Um, you know, I think this was a lovely conversation an introduction to the work. And again, I appreciate this, this topic being raised and I hope we continue to do this as a PPI community. I'll just um, leave you with this one nugget maybe that will help um, advisors who are listening think about their roles and how to work with philanthropic advisors. But if you think about philanthropic advisors as people who um, steward the transition of wealth. We handle the people and have those deep conversations and other advisors as stewarding the transfer of wealth. So the more transactional aspects of the work, the charitable remainder trusts and the estate plans and the wealth plans and all of the tools that go into moving an effort forward. Um, I think that's a kind of a helpful way to maybe think about our roles is the transition versus the transfer of wealth. So I'll just leave the community with that. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much, Janelle. I've loved our conversation today. Thank you, Deborah. It was a pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity to share. Great. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's program. 
And if you are a member of the Purposeful Planning Institute, I want to invite you to come post in the community forum and share your key takeaways from today's conversation. And if you're not a member yet, here's your invitation to join us and be part of our community and access the network, resources, and tools that you need to transform your client relationships and your practice. And don't forget to use promo code PURPOSEFUL to receive a 10% discount on a membership. Learn more at PurposefulPlanningInstitute.com. Institute.com.